Welcome to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. We are a Bible-believing church located in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. We are proudly part of the Christian Fellowship Ministries with 3,000 churches around the world. We are a church focused on world evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Here we will share recent sermons from PHSA Church and other sermons from throughout our fellowship. I am Pastor David Bickford, and I will be your host for this podcast. I thank you for listening today, and we hope these messages are a blessing to you and bring you closer to God. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I've put together a a special message um, for Remembrance Day or Veterans Day, which was celebrated yesterday, but it's something that's definitely important to me and I wanted to do a special message. So again, my name is David Bickford. I'm the uh, pastor here at the uh, Potter's House in Salmonar. And the title of today's message is Mighty Men of Valor. And we're going to be looking at Remembrance Day and Veterans Day throughout this, this message. So if you're following along with me in the Word of God today, you can go ahead and turn to First uh, Chronicles 12, verses 1 through 2, which will be kind of our launching off point with this message today. As we dive in, though, I want to think, I want to, you know, again, take a moment to recognize that Remembrance Day, Veterans Day was yesterday. And, you know, with that, there, it can be a very solemn holiday for a lot of people. Like in, in the states where I'm from originally, it, it is called Veterans Day now. And I'll kind of explain the reasons why. But it's uh it's more of a celebratory event versus you know the more somber event here in Canada but as we recognize remembers day in Canada and veterans day in the united states we have to understand kind of the history behind it what are we doing this for why are we observing these holidays remembers day was first observed in 1919 throughout the british commonwealth and the united states it was originally called armistice day to commemorate the armistice agreement that ended the first world war on Monday, November 11th, 1918, at 11 a.m. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. That is the whole purpose behind the date on you know Veterans Day, Remembrance Day. It would, And originally it was called Armistice Day. And in some places it's still called Armistice Day. So like I mentioned, this is a very solemn holiday in Canada that recognizes the sacrifice of young lives in war. And so it's it's primarily looking at those who we've lost during this time during any kind of war that has happened in Canadian or Commonwealth history. The American holiday was changed into Veterans Day on June 1st, 1954 to become a day to honor American veterans of all wars. This this changed changed the tone of the holiday in the states to one that's more of a celebration than of grief. So in the United States there there's also another holiday that's called Memorial Day that is it, that's in May, and it's meant to to honor those who gave their lives in war. And it's in a lot of ways more similar, or in some ways, it's more similar to Remembrance Day than Veterans Day is today. But this provides us a picture of war that is made up of both grief and celebration. We remember those who we've lost, but we also celebrate all who have served and the sacrifices made by all who were called, pulled, or pushed into service. In the Word of God, we see similar stories about this, about service, sacrifice, grief, and celebration, as well as duty and honor. The dichotomy between these varying ideas is central to the gospel message. 
Christ had to go to the cross and die for our sins if we were ever going to be reconciled to our God. Christ's rising allows us to therefore be redeemed by grace and join in celebration and have direct relationship with our Lord. So as we set time aside to remember those who have served, let us not forget the one we, who we are called to serve and the sacrifice that he made for us on Calvary. In 1 Chronicles 12, 1 through 2, it says, this is about the mighty men of David. Now, these are the men who came to David at Ziglag, while he could not move about freely because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men who helped him in war. They were bowmen who could shoot arrows, sling stones with either the right hand or the left. So right away, we get a picture of amazing men who are willing to sacrifice for something that they believe to be greater than themselves. And I find it very interesting, and I'll, I'm sure, you know, this is something that you know might resonate with many people out there is that when you find someone who's righteous, when you see someone who you can put your faith in, you know it, it's it's an attracting thing for people. They see, you know, they, the, these mighty men saw King David before he was a king, and something drew them to service for him. As we dig into this idea of Remembrance Day or Veterans Day, it is good to keep, you know. In the right reverence, or keep in mind the reverence that King David had for his men. David's mighty men were courageous and valiant warriors. These men were exemplary, and it is one of the most interesting pieces of scripture when you look at the numbers of amazing people that King David was able to attract to his service, many whom came to serve him before he was even crowned king. We know that through the scripture, he was anointed king by the prophet Samuel, but this this reality of his anointing it drew people to him because of his because he was a righteous man after God's own heart. As a Marine, I myself, I remember being drawn into service by stories of amazing and courageous men, men who bore the title of Marine or bore the title of Marine. These stories of valiant men galvanized and encouraged me to strive to be even just a little more like them. I won't bore you with many stories today, but I do want to highlight one or two. Sergeant Major Daniel Joseph Daly, or also Dan Daly, um, retired from the Marine Corps. Marine Sergeant with a nearly suicidal courage was awarded two medals of honor and nominated for a third. Sergeant Major Dan Daly is the only enlisted member of the Marine Corps to have earned the Medal of Honor twice. In fact, he is one of only two Marines to have earned that dual distinction at all. His never give up attitude and fighting spirit carried him through several conflicts and are still worthy of the highest praise today. So let's take a look a little bit at Dan Daly. Dan Daly was born November 11th, 1873 in Brooklyn, New York to parents, John and Ellen Daly. He had a sister named Mary and a brother named David and the family eventually moved to Glen Cove on Long Island. According to the Marine Corps University, Daly was a fighter from the early age, likely due to his small stature. He was only five feet, six inches tall and weighed about 132 pounds. So already we've set the stage. Here's a, a, a man of short stature, a man with a fighting spirit, though. So what's going to happen with this man? As a young man, Dan uh, Daly spent his time working as a struggling newsboy in Manhattan before enlisting in the Marine Corps in 1899 at the age of 26. 
Soon after he finished training, he was shipped off to China to serve in the Peking during the the Boxer Rebellion. By early August 1900, Daly's unit was stationed along the Tartar Wall, which was a defensive position south of the American diplomatic compound. Toward the middle of the month, or middle of the month, intense enemy gunfire forced them from fortif- their fortification. But then Private Daly and Captain Newt Hall managed to crawl back into the wall to mount a defense. On August 14th, Hall left to get reinforcements, leaving Daly all by himself to hold the position. The young Marines single-handedly fended off repeated sniper attacks and about 400 soldiers who tried to storm the wall until backup arrived. His valor at action that day earned him his first Medal of Honor, which he received on December 1901. So let's highlight real quickly, what is the Medal of Honor? The Medal of Honor is the highest award that a United States service member can attain for actions in combat. It is the, the, the epitome of of achievement, if you will, or recognition for courage and valor under fire. And so it's an amazing thing for people to even uh, be awarded this even once. It's another amazing thing on top of that to to be awarded it and, and to live to tell the tale. There are not many Medal of Honor recipients who who actually, you know, live past the actions that they're awarded for their bravery. Most of them are awarded this medal posthumously or after their death. But this brings me to my first point, which is Remembrance Day, Veterans Day. What is the purpose of Remembrance Day? Is it meant to be a day that we all sit around and feel bad for the loss of life? Is it really meant to be such a somber event that it causes us to stay frozen by our loss? I don't think that this is the intended purpose of the holiday. I believe that the intent is to remind us to live our to live our lives to the fullest, to sacrifice in our own ways in order to make the lives of those around us better. We look to the past to pay honor to those who go before us, but with the goal that we will pick up the mantle and move forward with life that we have been given because of the sacrifices made. And John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. When Jesus Christ died and rose again, this passage came to fruition on the day of Pentecost. Sometimes a sacrifice has to be made in order to make room for a bigger blessing. It is not always easy to see the blessing in the beginning, and it is oftentimes does not make the loss any easier to manage in the moment. The reality still remains that God does have a plan. And as we look back at history, it is hard to discount the sacrifices made in World War I and World War II and not see the tremendous blessing that came about out of those horrible events. As we look to the world stage today, it see a world teetering again towards a large-scale conflict. It is even more important to remember that we are standing for, or what we are standing for and who we were standing for in this world. As Christians, we are called to serve an even higher purpose. That is why we turn to the word and to the example that we have in David and his mighty men, Joshua and his army, Jesus, our Lord, and his disciples. These are the people who we should give the most time in remembrance. Their sacrifices are why we are here today, able to have a direct relationship with our Father. 
I have to cling to this because I've lost friends in military service myself. I have to believe that God does work these things out for good. What I never want to do, though, is to forget those who I've lost, those who served and did not make it home. With that in mind, I want to read this to you. It is about uh, a friend of mine that I served with in the Marine Corps. It's, it's somebody that I knew quite well when I was deployed to Iraq. His name was Sergeant Michael Teatau. And the article is, is from like a, a, a more local newspaper because he comes from a Filipino background. And so it's, it reads, the, the, Cordiller, the Cordilleran warrior spirit and the Igorot bravery has been reflected when U.S. Marine Sergeant Michael E. Teatau chose a challenging and most risky job in the world becoming an explosive ordnance technician of the United States Marines. Sergeant Teotau served with the 7 Engineer Support Battalion, 1st Marine Logistics Group, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force Base at Camp Pendleton. In 2007, Teotau lost his life while trying to defuse a bomb he was working on in the Anbar province in Baghdad, Iraq. According to his mom, Michael was able to clear several bombs until there was only one left that got him. The U.S. military told the family that Michael was defusing bombs to clear the way for a military convoy when he died. Without Michael, the lives of more officers in that convoy would have been endangered. A friend of Michael, Sergeant Pierce, said that he remembered him for his competence while disarming as many as a dozen bombs a day in the middle of an intense firefight. One thing about Mike, he always knew what was going on, Sergeant Pierce said. If someone asked him what kind of bomb was that, he'd say, it has such and such parameters, you don't want to touch it. Felix Teotau, his uncle, remembered him as a straightforward guy who since childhood was has aspired to become a military officer. From the time he was a child, he wanted to join the military. He was telling me before he left that if he came back from Iraq, he was going to help us fix the house and then go to college, his uncle said. Sergeant Michael Teotau has received numerous commendations, including an Air Medal, Presidential Unit Commendation, and a Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal. So when I served with Teotau, we used to call him the Filipino warrior. I was deployed to Iraq in 2003. We were with the HMH 462 or the Screw Crew, which is a uh, a CH-53 helicopter unit. And he was a crew chief at the time. I was a plane captain. I'd uh, since stopped flying, but but I would we would work you know together quite often, being in the same part of the unit, the same shop. We used to sit around looking at like gun magazines and thinking, uh, you know, actual paper magazines for you, those kids that don't remember that stuff. Thinking about things that we wanted to do in the Marine Corps. We discussed going EOD. I remember having conversations with them and I, I, I sometimes even feel guilty about having almost like talked him into being coming an EOD or an explosive ordnance disposal technician. I even remember being jealous when I learned that he actually did get to cross deck or change jobs from being a crew chief to being an EOD tech. He was a little bit of, you know, ahead of me about six months to a year ahead of me from our, our, our entry times into the Marine Corps. So he cross decked and he went and did it. And by the time the choice came to me, whether or not I was going to do that, I, I, I went a different route. I ended up getting, you know, married, thank God. And, and I was already saved at that point. So God had a different plan for my life. The Lord took me in that different direction, but I'll always remember, you know, my time serving with Teotau, the Filipino warrior. It impacted me a lot. 
I even still have the clippings from from when I uh, from the Marine Corps times when his obituary, his picture was in there as one of the lost during the during the early parts of the Iraq War. I have to believe that his impact, as you read this article, has gone way beyond his death. His sacrifice has gone on to impact so many people. There's there's different things I've read in putting this sermon together that just remind me that even though someone has passed, that doesn't mean that their contribution has gone away. And that is what you know, Remembrance Day really is about. It's about living our lives to the fullest because of people like Sergeant Teotow who put their life on the line. And he put his life on the line in, in first in serving in the military and then in becoming a crew chief like you know, I was a crew chief, and it's a very dangerous job in and of itself. But then he went even further to find a more dangerous job, this being an explosive ordnance disposal technician. This life of service is an example, and that is what we should be remembering is his life of service, which brings me to my second point, which is David's mighty men of valor. And we'll look at our text or look at the text of Second Samuel 23, 8 through 12. David's mighty men. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Jehoshab Bathshebeth, a Takamite. He was chief of the three. He wielded a spear against 800 whom he killed at one time. And next to him, among the three mighty men, were Elizar, son of Dodo, son of Ahoyai. He was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel with, and, and the men of Israel withdrew. He rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the men returned after him only to strip the slain. And next to him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. And the men fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines. The Lord worked a great victory. When we look at the at the word of God, we often see that when righteous men are lifted up, they tend to attract others with the same spirit. Some call it charisma, but in the case of David, it was his relationship with God that supernaturally attracted the best of the best to serve with him. These first three of the of David's mighty men were were the inner circle. They weren't the whole lot. They were the inner circle. And we see these three again in 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 17, it says, And the three of the 30 chiefs, men, went down and, became, and, and came about a harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines when, was then at Bethlehem. And David said longly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is in the gate, that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, and that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it for me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of men who went to risk their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty, mighty men did. These men do this amazing, tremendous thing. And David recognizes what they have done. And he says, I cannot partake in this water that came from such high sacrifice. 
David's humility gave him the right perspective when viewing the actions of his men. Bravery and courage of this nature should not be overlooked or held as something common. It is worthy to be held in reverence and to give thanks to God for the actions of such men. So as we look again, let's take a, a, a turn back to the story of Sergeant Major Dan Daly, because we're only half, you know, partway through the story for him. He's only gotten his one Medal of Honor at this point. In the summer of 1915, a revolt in the Republic of Haiti had begun to jeopardize American lives and property. So Marine Expeditionary Forces were sent in to preserve order and begin a bush warfare, as Marine historians called it. Daly was serving with the 15th Company Mounted 2nd Marine Regiment, and they were ordered to carry out extensive patrols into the country's interior to seek out revolutionary fighters known as the Cacao Bandits. At one point, several of Daly's, Daly's comrades had been taken prisoner. He tunneled under the walls of the prison where they were being held, killed the guards, and set his men free. However, what earned him a second Medal of Honor happened in October during a reconnaissance mission from Fort Liberté. On October 24, 1915, then Gunnery Sergeant Daly and his detachment were crossing the river after dark in deep ravine not far from Fort Dipity when they suddenly fire, were suddenly fired upon from three sides by 400 cacao bandits who had been hiding in the bushes about 100 yards from the enemy-held fort. The surprised Marines retreated to the higher ground and found a good position that they maintained throughout the night, despite being constantly fired upon. At daybreak, Daly and two other Marines, then First Lieutenant Edward Osterman and then Captain William P. Upshur, led three squads forward in different directions to surprise and scatter the cacaos. Their efforts worked, and it was an instrumental in capturing Fort Dipity. Daly, Osterman, and Upshur all earned the Medal of Honor for their actions that day. The amazing story of Sergeant Major Daly is not even you know, near over yet. It's an amazing story of heroism and gallantry. Even better stories are the stories of our Savior and our apostles. But it's, it's, a, it's a powerful thing to read about what these men can do. But this brings me to my, my last point, which is Christ our King, the ultimate sacrifice in his defeat over sin and death. In John 16, 5 through 11, it says, But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The gospel of the New Testament starts a different epoch or epoch for us as Christians and believers. It is the knowledge that even though we experience loss, we are not left alone. Even as the enemy wages war against us, we stand against us we as we stand against sin and the knowledge that the battle is already won we already know the battle has been won for by jesus christ john 16 20 truly truly i say to you you will weep and lament but the word the world will rejoice you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy very similar to the to the idea of remembrance day that we weep and we lament but we also know that our sorrow will turn into joy. The sacrifices from 
past generations, the sacrifices of my generation and, and, and today's conflicts. It will be a very, very hard time of sorrow. It has been a time of sorrow, but it will be something that can be turned to, that can be turned into joy. So in closing, let's finish off the story of Sergeant Major Dan Daly. As his valor continues, Daly re- remained in the military throughout World War I, serving in the American Expeditionary Forces in France from November 17th to the late April 1919. He was injured twice while fighting in several major campaigns, including the bloody Battle of Bella Wood in June 1918. During that fight, he put out a fire ammo dump, or he put out a fire at an ammo dump that could have caused a disastrous explosion. Then a few days later, he attacked and captured the enemy machine gun emplacement all by himself before rescuing several wounded comrades while under fire. At Bella Wood, when his Marines were outnumbered, outgunned, pinned down, the then first sergeant famously ordered the attack and leapt forward shouting a battle cry to his beleaguered men, where he says something a little untoward. He says, come on, you SOBs, do you want to live forever? It's a pretty famous saying, and it's it's pretty coarse, but here he is. He's in battle. Daly's tenacity helped lead the Marines to clear the woods and win the battle for the Allied forces. His actions earned him an Army Distinguished Service Cross and the Navy Cross. From the French government, he also received the Medaille Militaire and the Croix de Guerre with a palm and French victory medal with four clasps. He was very, the biggest distinction of Dan Daly was that he was humble till the end. Daly was offered a commission many times to become an officer throughout his 30-year career, but he always turned it down on the grounds that he would rather be an outstanding sergeant than just another officer. Daly was also known to have talked about his exploits of other, of, of the exploits of others who fought bravely, but when it came to talking about himself, he was always tight-lipped. Marine Q University biography of Daly said that while he was natural, was a natural for publicity, he disdained it and disliked all the fuss made over him. Daly continued to be known as one of the most decorated men to serve as a Marine, nicknamed Devil Dog by many of his compatriots. He was described by the famed counterpart Major General Smedley Butler, the only other Marine Corps Double Medal of Honor recipient, as the fightingest man ever to serve in the United States Marine Corps. That term Devil Dog that was used to, you know, to category or to, you know, as a nickname for Dan Daly became a name that was that all Marines to this day are known by because of that Battle of Bella Wood. The actual term used by the Germans was Teffelhunden. And when they were talking about the Marines during this battle, they said that these, these Marines are like dogs from hell. Their veracity, their, their fighting spirit. And to this day, that's something that Marines always look back to. So we all have heroes, heroes in our life, heroes we know, and heroes that we don't know. We also have heroes in the faith, those who went before us and made righteous stands that we, so that we could be counted as sons and daughters of the living God. So on this Remembrance Day, Veterans Day weekend, let's remember the sacrifice made, but let's also remember why sacrifices are made. They are made so that we can live and we shall live because of those sacrifices and rejoice. So I just want to end by reading in Flanders Field. This is the, the poem that is that was written by Lieutenant Colonel John McRae that really sums up the, the Canadian and the Commonwealth Remembrance Day. In Flanders Field, the poppies blow between the cross, crosses row on row. 
that mark our place and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly. Scarce heard amid the guns below, we are the dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders Field. Take up your quarrel with the foe, to you from failing hands we throw, the torch be yours to hold hood high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep though poppies grow in Flanders Fields. This was published at Punch Magazine, December 8th, 1915. And it's the reason why the red poppy is worn in most of the Commonwealth countries to celebrate Armistice Day and Remembrance Day. But remember that our Savior, who went to the grave for us, he sacrificed himself for us so that we could come back into right relationship with God. And he is the greatest of things for us to remember. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed, obviously for driving, keep your hands at 10 and 2. But if you're not, I want you to bow your head. And remember that we the purpose for Remembrance Day is obviously to look at the sacrifice of those who have served in wars and passed away. And the idea of Veterans Day is to give honor to the sacrifice of both the those that have passed and both that have, are living today that have served in our militaries, who have served honorably protecting Western civilization, which is anchored in the Christian morality, which is anchored by the Bible. What we have today is because of what others have sacrificed before us, but no greater sacrifice is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice he made on on the Calvary for us is what we should most remember. And it's what many of these, these service members who have passed laid their lives down for us is for our ability to come to Christ in repentance. So if you're if you're not saved this morning, if this message has impacted you in some way and you know that you're not right with God, I want you to signify that with an uplifted hand wherever you are. I can't see it, but obviously God can see everything and he can see your heart right now. So with that, if you did raise your hand, I want you to repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for my sin. I accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior as I repent from my sins, and I thank you for your grace washing me clean by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a very simple prayer, but if you said that and you meant that, I feel the Holy Spirit will work upon you even in this moment. But that means you have passed from death into life as a new creation in Jesus Christ. And now is the time to put that memory of what Christ done for us, who's done for all of us, because our God is a living God. Jesus is alive. So he sacrificed in death, but he rose from the grave to bring us that right relationship with God. So take that and remember that. So make Remembrance Day, make Veterans Day, make every holiday about the one who gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be washed clean of our sins. I thank you for joining me for this this special message as a as a uh, a marine myself these these military holidays have a special impact for me and i just felt it right 
to make sure that we express both honor for those who've sacrificed here in earth, service members from the Canadian military, the American military, the British military, all the militaries from the Western world, but also to highlight the, the truth that the one who we should really remember is Jesus Christ who died on Calvary for us and rose from the grave that we might be saved. Thank you again, and I can't wait for you to come back next time. Thank you for listening to the PHSA Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Potter's House underscore Salmon Arm to keep up to date on what we are doing, join the conversation, and discover how Jesus Christ can revolutionize your life.